0: You are tuned to Radio Maria, a Christian voice in your home. The following program is a rebroadcast of Miracle Hunter with Michael O'Neill.
1: Welcome to the Miracle Hunter, where it doesn't matter if you're a believer or a skeptic, it's always worth the hunt. My name is Michael O'Neill. I am the Miracle Hunter and creator of the website MiracleHunter.com. I'll be your host for the next hour as we continue our weekly exploration of the world of miracles. We have another great program today. And some of the recent episodes, we've discussed some alleged miracles and apparitions. And today, I want to focus on an apparition that has received approval from the Church and is the only apparition in history occurring in the United States that has such an approval. Now, on December 8th of uh, 2010, the Bishop of Green Bay, uh, Bishop David Ricken, uh, made a pronouncement that the Blessed Virgin Mary had appeared in Robinsonville, which is now Champion, Wisconsin, near Green Bay in the year 1859 to a Belgian farm worker named Adele Briss. Now, we are close to the anniversary of that historic announcement, so I thought it would be good to do a program around that date so we can commemorate it. I'll be interviewing one of the preeminent experts on the subject, Edward Looney, who has written several books on Our Lady of Good Health, including his recent book, Our Lady of Good Health, Mary's Message and Mission. Later in the show, we'll be talking with Father Peter Stryker, who is the rector of the Shrine of Our Lady of Good Help in Champion, Wisconsin. And of course, we'll be asking you a Catholic trivia question, so get your pens and paper ready. Later in the show, we'll be talking about how Our Lady is honored around the world on December 3rd in our segment, 365 Days with Mary. More information on this project can be found at 365dayswithmary.com or on Facebook at 365 Days with Mary. Each week I'll be asking a trivia question and giving out a prize for a caller that gets the right answer. This week we'll be giving away a framed image of a piece of artwork entitled The Faces of Mary. It's a photo mosaic of over 100 images of Our Lady that forms a large, beautiful picture of the Mother of God as you step back and look at the image. Trivia questions are generously provided by Catholic Pub Trivia, an organization that partners with Catholic parishes, schools, and religious organizations to host Trivia Night fundraisers at local establishments. For more information on Catholic Pub Trivia, or to organize an event in your area, please visit CatholicPubTrivia.com. We always try to keep with the theme of the program uh, to match them up with our questions. So today's question is, what major Chicago event happened the day as the miracle at the Shrine of Our Lady of Good Help in Wisconsin, on October 8, 1871. So that question, again, is what major Chicago event happened the same day as the miracle at the Shrine of Our Lady of Good Help in Wisconsin, on October 8, 1871? And we'll reveal the winner later on. For more information on Catholic Pub Trivia, please visit catholicpubtrivia.com. Each week, I will try to cover any newsworthy items in the world of miracles or anything else I find interesting relating to our Catholic faith. To keep up to date with the latest in miracle news, please visit miraclehunter.com and sign up for our newsletter. You'll receive a monthly email with the latest miracle hunter news, including reports on the latest miracles and news stories, links to past radio episode podcasts, updates on my television series, Miracle Hunters, which is now in development and my book, Hunting for a Miracle, which is due out in spring 2014, any upcoming speaking engagements, and plenty more. So sign up for the newsletter on MiracleHunter.com by clicking the newsletter link at the bottom of the page. This week's news uh, reminds the world of the vener- that the veneration of relics is really still a big part of the Catholic faith, or a part of the Catholic faith. It's a fitting climax to the Year of Faith, where Pope Francis has now put on display, for the first time in history, the bones of St. Peter, the very first pope. Uh, The bones displayed this weekend, are they really the bones of St. Peter? Well, we'll never know for sure, because we can't conduct a DNA test of his relatives. Well, the debate continues, and Vatican spokesman Father Federico Lombardi has still remained cautious. He said... Uh, when he presented, the the presentation of the relics uh, was a way, quote, a way to feel spiritually close to the story of the tomb and the apostle. There is a serious possibility that they are St. Peter's bones, but we don't go beyond that. So that's a quote from Father Federico Lombardi. So, but when you piece all the evidence together, uh, we can affirm with great probability uh, that the bones of a stocky man in his 60s found in the grave below the high altar of St. Peter's Uh, are, in fact, the 2,000-year-old remains of the man who Jesus Christ called to leave, leave his nets, and become a fisher of men. For more information on this story, please visit the news section of the Miracle Hunter website. Now, we'd like to turn our attention to how the world honors Our Lady uh, on this day, December 3rd, uh, throughout the world. Uh, We're going to be doing this segment each episode called 365 Days with Mary. Um, each week uh, we'll be going over how she's commemorated, um, and it never ceases to amaze me how much the world loves the Mother of God and honors her unceasingly throughout the year. Now, This is a project I've been working on for probably five years now, and uh, I've researched this, and I've assembled all the dates with their feasts into one resource, and I call this project 365 Days with Mary. Each entry features an image, a description, and a history of the feast day, along with information on the shrines and events associated with them, including visitor information and links for those wishing to see these places. The project's available in print in the form of a daily engagement calendar or a daily planner, as well as online at 365dayswithmary.com. We're also on Facebook and Twitter, where if you like us, you can automatically receive information about each feast day and learn more about our Blessed Mother and how she is honored around the world. So be sure to like 365 Days with Mary on Facebook and visit the website 365dayswithmary.com to see the project. The print version, in the form of the daily organizer, makes a great Christmas gift. So the commemoration for today, uh, December 3rd, is the Virgin of Monte Santo. Uh, which dates to 1659 in Rome, Italy, on the Piazza del Popolo in Rome, there used to be a small church run by Carmelite friars called Saint Mary of the Holy Mountain, after the Ho- Mount Carmel in the Holy Land. Now, this church uh, it housed a miraculous image of the Madonna and Child. Uh, it's believed to have been painted by an 11-year-old girl with supernatural help, so the legend goes. The painting was actually canonically crowned on December 3rd, 1659, by Cardinal Girolamo Gestaldi. He decided to uh, build the Madonna a more splendid sanctuary as well, Um, and they actually employed three great architects to uh, create this oval-shaped site. Um, In addition, there was a twin church, uh, Santa Maria del Miracoli, was built right next door. And some of you might know that this is the site of another famous apparition as well uh, to a man named Alphonse Radisbonne. We'll probably cover that in a later show, but you can also find more on that on MiracleHunter.com. The painting is hard to date, but it is typical in style of the 1500s, and it occupies a large-columned altarpiece with stucco angels made by artist Filippo Cargani. In 1953, Pope Pius XII designated this basilica in Monte Santo as the official church for artists who still come before the Virgin seeking divine help. Um, For more information on this devotion of the Virgin of Monte Santo or on the Basilica of Santa Maria in Rome, please visit 365dayswithmary.com and be sure to like 365 Days with Mary on Facebook, To see the project. The print version, again, makes a great Christmas gift. So we'd like to turn our attention back to Our Lady of Good Help. That will be the subject of our show today. This is Michael O'Neill. You're listening to the Miracle Hunter Radio Show. Please call in with your questions at 866-333-MARY, 866-333-MARY. For more information on the program or my research on miracles, uh, you can also visit MiracleHunter.com. In the year 2010, I was blessed with the privilege of being able to travel to Champion, Wisconsin, which is outside of Green Bay, and attend the Mass at which Bishop Bricken made his historic announcement about the authenticity of the apparitions to the Belgian farm worker, Adele Briss, in the year 1859. Um, This was the very first such pronouncement in the history of the Church. So I was honored to have the opportunity to do the live radio broadcast, the official broadcast on that day. And that is something I'll never forget. Now, there have been many, many claims of apparitions throughout the history of the United States, hundreds or more, uh, with the vast, vast majority of them uh, coming at the end of the 20th century. Some have been investigated by church authorities, but most have been left alone. Of those investigated, the church has declared that there is nothing supernatural going on, and for others, that it cannot be established that there's anything supernatural. For a complete list of apparitions that have been approved, and those that are unapproved, please visit MiracleHunter.com. Our Lady of Good Help Champion, Wisconsin in the year 1859, This is the singular instance of the Church sticking its neck out and saying that this supernatural event is worthy of belief. Our first guest today is Edward Looney. He's one of the top experts on Our Lady of Good Help, and he has written several books on Our Lady of Good Help, including his recent release, Our Lady of Good Help, Mary's Message and Mission. Now, we welcome to the program today Edward Looney. Uh, Hello, Mike. Hi, thanks for joining us today.
2: Yeah, no problem.
1: My pleasure. So most American Catholics, they know about all the famous apparitions and miracles of Lourdes, Fatima, and Guadalupe, but very few people, Americans included, know about the only approved apparition occurring on American soil, which is Our Lady of Good Help. Can you give us a little background on these visions of the Blessed Mother?
2: Sure. Yeah, what you say is really true. Uh, I go all throughout the country speaking on Our Lady of Good Help, and, uh, I meet so many people who've never heard of this approved apparition of the Church uh, here, in, uh, here in the United States, in Wisconsin. And so, uh, so one of my missions, I think, is to really spread the word and to get the word out there about this wonderful place, because it's touched my life in so many ways, and my hope is, is that it can touch others. So the story of the Shrine of Our Lady of Good Health dates uh, back to the year 1859 when uh, a young woman, an immigrant to the United States, uh, saw the Virgin Mary in three different occurrences. She had come to the United States in 1854 with her family, and they settled uh, uh, along the Door Peninsula uh, in Wisconsin. And while she was walking to the grist mill on an unknown day to us, sometime in the beginning of October, uh, along an Indian trail, she stopped between two trees, a maple and a hemlock, and she saw uh, a woman dressed all in white with a yellow sash. And uh, the woman, though, didn't say anything to her. And so this baffled her, and uh, but the woman quickly vanished, and so Adele continued on her way. That night, she shared with her family about what happened, and they thought perhaps it was a poor soul in purgatory, and so they encouraged her to pray for that poor soul. So uh, a few days go by, and October 9th comes, and uh, it was a Sunday, and they were walking the church, which was about 10 miles from her home. And uh, this time she wasn't alone. She was going with her sister and a neighbor lady. And as they were walking again along the same Indian trail and approaching that same place with the maple and the hemlock, she again saw the same woman. And this time she was much a little more startled. And, uh, and she asked her friends, I presume, if they, if she, if they saw her, and, uh, and they said no. And, uh, and that, again, greatly troubled her. And uh, as she went to Mass that day, she spoke with the priest afterward, and, and asked him, what am I to do? You know, I keep seeing this woman, my family thinks it's a poor soul in purgatory, so what should I do? And the priest said, well, if you see the woman again, ask her in God's name, who are you and what do you want of me? And so that's exactly what Adele bell did. She was walking again home along that same Indian trail, and between the maple and the hemlock, she again saw this woman like I said, dressed all in white with a a long dress, yellow sash, a crown of stars around her head, uh, with long, golden, wavy hair. That's an interesting detail. And uh, and so Bell said, "'In God's name, who are you, and what do you want of me?' And the woman responded, "'I'm the Queen of Heaven, who prays for the conversion of sinners, and I wish you to do the same. You received Holy Communion this morning, and that is well, but you must do more. Make a general confession.' and offer your communion for the conversion of sinners. For if they do not convert and do penance, my son will be obliged to punish them. Then one of the women who was accompanying her spoke up and said, Adele, who is it? And Adele responded, oh, why can't we... Or another one, rather, said, oh, why can't we see her as you do? And so Adele responded to them and said, Kneel, the woman says she's the queen of heaven. And so they knelt, and Our Lady, quoting Scripture, responded, Blessed are they who believe without seeing. And then she continued on with her conversation with Adele. She asked, What are you doing here in idleness while your companions are working in the vineyard of my son? And Adele then responded, What more can I do, dear lady? To which the Queen of Heaven said, Gather the children this wild country and teach them what they should know for salvation. Adele perked up and said, But how shall I teach them who know so little myself? And then, this is the final message of Our Lady, Her final words, teach them their catechism, how to sign themselves with the sign of the cross, and how to approach the sacrament. That is what I wish you to do. Go and fear nothing. I will help you. So that's it. A relatively very small dialogue, uh, three apparitions, and only one time did Our Lady speak. But so there's a great depth in Our Lady's words. She did mince words. She said exactly what needed to be said, because each of the questions she posed to Adele had some sort of connection uh, to Adele and her life, and, uh, and the questions that Adele asked. And so it's just a, a very beautiful story, I think, of, of Our Lady coming and giving a mission to this woman, Adele Brees, who went on to dedicate her life, founding a religious uh, tertiary group, a third-order group of Franciscans, uh, building a convent, a school, and dedicating her work, really, to teaching the children and gathering them, uh, and teaching them what they need to know for salvation
1: so this this that's a beautiful story that you've you've shared there, and as you mentioned, there are very few words that are actually said at these apparitions and of course we can sort of draw out from the life of adele uh her her uh catechesis of the the children in the area and and others that that's sort of an essential element of uh the messages of these apparitions. Is there anything else that we can draw out as uh, the takeaway, the, the uh, message for our lives, either uh, at that time or, or even today? What, what uh, do we learn from Our Lady of Good Help?
2: Well, I think there there's two things, really. In the context of this dialogue that Our Lady had with Adele, you know, in the beginning, she begins with this, this identification. I'm the Queen of Heaven who prays for the conversion of sinners. And then she said, I want you to do the same. And so, the, and so she said, make a general confession and offer your communion for the conversion of sinners. So Adele was to play a really a vital part, especially with prayer, and she was to engage the sacramental life of the Church. And so, so I think it really speaks of this mission. So if we look at it in terms of the mission of what Our Lady gave to Adele, there's this prayerful mission, and then there's this active mission. But before one can engage this active mission, they have to first prepare themselves spiritually, so Adele did that with confession, by receiving the Eucharist. And so she offered that communion for the conversion of sinners. So for the very people she would be teaching, she was already praying for it before she begun that work, began that work. And so really I think it speaks of the spiritual preparedness that we need to have if we're going to do a mission, if we're going to do uh, anything for the Church, it should always begin with prayer. So I think that's something that we can really draw from the apparition and take uh, inspiration from. Uh, it, it's very easy for us to really look at this end of the message because we're living in a time where maybe in the past decades there hasn't been great catechesis and so we look at this and say oh our lady's talking about catechesis and, and that's great and that's that's the core of the message but uh, first it was prayer for the conversion of sinners and then the sacraments and so I don't think we should divorce the two but they should be viewed together as one mission.
1: And uh, Adele uh... It seems has is uh, on record for having lived a a life of a great virtue, dedicated to uh, Our, Our Lady and to the Church, uh, promoting her messages and to living out her messages. Has there been any movement with uh, looking at Adele for canonization? Is that is that something that uh, that has been looked at
2: at all? Sure, that's a very popular question. Um, you you know if you look at the history of the Shrine of Our Lady of Good Health, the apparition occurred in 1859, and then it got approved in 2010, so over 150 years, just uh, for there to be a little movement to approve the apparition, So, uh, but we're in full force now. Uh, There hasn't been any sort of movement yet to open the cause for canonization. You know, that would be a complicated process, and it would take uh, some time just to get things in order, uh, in order to begin that process. I don't rule it out as a possibility. I think that Adele was truly a a woman of remarkable virtue and that she should be lifted to the altars of the Church. If you look at some of the other uh, prominent apparitions of St. Juan Diego or or, uh, St. Bernadette Subaru, uh, they've been acknowledged as holy people and and acknowledged as saints. And so I I hope one day that Adele will be counted uh, among the saints, but that, that process hasn't started yet. But in order for it to start, the bishop would have to open the clause, um, which would be the gathering phase of getting all the documents ready to send to Rome, and then Rome would have to make a statement saying that she did live a life of heroic virtue, making her a servant of God and then a venerable. And then uh, and then once a miracle would happen, then we could perhaps proceed with the beatification and, and such. So, so it's not a process started yet, but hopefully uh, in the not-so-distant future, maybe it will start.
1: So it's a possibility, uh, but it, there's no movement on that. Now, no, you uh, I haven't heard
2: any rumblings about it either? So
1: sure. And uh, you you mentioned or you made reference to the fact that many years have uh, transpired since the initial events and the recognition uh, in 2010 by Bishop Ricken What can you make of the uh, long delay? I know. In many apparition cases, there there is uh, there is somewhat of a, a gap between the events themselves and the approvals, uh, but it, it does seem like quite a bit of time has passed, and there's nobody around to uh, interview or investigate um, when so much time has passed. What, what can you make of the delay um, regarding the Our Lady of Good Health case? Sure. Well,
2: you know, uh, back uh, back I think it was in 2008 or 2000. You would probably know better than me, but there was a apparition uh, in France, Our Lady of Laos, and An apparition took place in uh, in the 1600s, and uh, it was it was just approved in like uh, you know, like I said, 2006 or 2000. And, uh, and so, you know, looking at that when I read that because I've been a devotee of Our Lady of Good Health for a number of years, uh, having lived so close to there, and. Uh, and so when I read that, when I saw that come across the news, I thought, well, there is hope for Our Lady of Good Help. maybe one day of being approved. And, uh, you know, uh, what I always tell people is I don't think there was necessarily a pressing need to approve the apparition. You know, when, in Fatima, for example, you have the Miracle of the Sun, where thousands of people witnessed this miracle. Or in Lourdes, you have the Miraculous Spring of Healing Water. And so there was really a pressing need for the Church to look at the apparition and say, you know, is this legitimate? All these people are coming here, and all these things are happening. And so so I think the Church was very wise to act more quickly with those, uh, to give credence to those apparitions. But for our Lady, of help, perhaps the most significant event outside the apparition itself was the Peshto fire that took place on the very eve of the 12th anniversary of the apparition, on October 8th of 1871. When a fire raged in the area and that began to burn in the Door Peninsula. And people sought refuge at the Shrine of Our Lady of Good Health, or at the chapel then, and they prayed. Adele was already praying with the school children. They processed with the statue, asking for Mary's protection over this property, over this hallowed place where she had appeared. And on the morning of October 9th, as rain came and put out the fire, they looked around and realized that everything had been. that the property they were standing on was spared. One priest wrote uh, in his memoir that the property showed out like an emerald island amid a sea of ash, that everything else had been burnt in sight except for the property of the chapel, and that the post, the fence posts, were charred on the outside, but the interior facing the property had not been touched by the flame. So, you know, that was probably the most prominent miracle, but... That just led to the widespread acceptance of the apparition, really, uh, among the faithful in the area. Every year they had a special mass on August the 15th, and, uh, and that day after the fire, uh, each year they saw it, uh, because so many people really just accepted it after the fact. Um, the, the apparition, I would say, enjoyed some sort of implicit approval, never official approval by the Church, because... The bishop allowed for the sacraments to be celebrated there. The bishop gave his imprimatur to the chapel history book, containing the very message of Our Lady. Um, You know, so there were small little steps, and the bishop uh, even would celebrate Mass there throughout the year, especially on August 15th. So the bishop's presence really, you could say, brought some sort of approval, whether or not it was official or not. So, uh, our Bishop, though, uh, being a great lover of Mary, when he experienced the Shrine of Our Lady of Good Health, uh, was very touched by his experience there. And uh, our previous bishop, Bishop Zubik, had already begun the work of getting the file together, of perhaps looking at, at this apparition and seeing if it, was, uh, if it was worthy of belief. So Bishop Bricken really continued what Bishop Zubik started and brought it to completion. So what happened was he gathered, or he convened a commission of three Marian scholars, uh, some of international reputation, uh, and then perhaps others of a more national reputation, so uh, as uh, those three people were sent information about the shrine, about all the documents, of course you couldn't interview Adele, you couldn't do those types of things like you could have with Bernadette or or Lucia, and uh, so they just looked at all the documents concerning the shrine, whether or not, um, you know, the writings about Adele, um, the, the fruit of the apparition and such, and they gave the verdict to the bishop, and he prayed about it, and then that led to the promulgation of the decree of authenticity on December the 8th of 2010. I think the very fact that the apparition survived, you know, that the chapel survived 150 years, uh, testifies to the fact that something special was there and that people had been drawn there, even if it was just locals at the time. But now on a national and even an international spectrum
1: so we uh, one thing that I'm sure you're aware of is the uh, levels of apparition approval now when the bishop uh, the local bishop gives his pronouncement uh, to approve that an apparition is worthy of belief that is all the that is required by canon law for the faithful to be able to honor Our Lady uh, at that location and under that title. Um, of course, there's sort of a higher level of approval that happens uh, when the Vatican sort of steps in, and that, that can be in the form of uh, uh, the Pope composing a prayer to Our Lady of Good Help, or it could be in the matter, uh, a matter of him sending a golden rose uh, in, through, through a Vatican emissary or a papal visit when he's in the United States. Has there been any talk that you're aware of of this next level of approval at which it sort of gets cemented uh, by the Vatican as worthy of belief?
2: Yeah, I haven't heard anything about that, but that doesn't mean there isn't something in the works. Um, But uh, no no one's... I've not heard any talk about that among the people that I'm very close to uh, in the diocese, including the bishop himself, but that doesn't mean I I know everything. So there's a, a chance that maybe... They're looking at it, but uh, I want to be able to say with any certainty.
1: That's great. That would be that would be exciting if it sort of joined the ranks of Lourdes and Fatima and Guadalupe of the highest level of church approval. Uh, but but as I mentioned before, with the bishop's stamp of approval, that's all the faithful needs to to really uh, get behind it. Now uh, I know you've uh, written several books about Our Lady of Good Help, and uh, they talk about the history that you went over a little bit before. Uh, can you tell us about your latest book uh, that, you, that you've that you put out for us?
2: Sure. So it's called uh, Our Lady of Good Health, Mary's Message and Mission uh, for Del Brice and the World. And so basically, uh, I, I gave a paper at a conference a few years ago on the apparition, and I developed that paper into a, you know, a short book, book link treatise, if you will, on the apparition. Uh continued doing some research and uh, things like that. So basically, I, I, I go piece by piece, looking at, or line by line rather, uh, looking at each part of our Lady's message to uh, Sister Adele, and uh, kind of looking at the implications of that. That's the first part. The second part really looks at it at in terms of the context then and now. So just historically, why is this significant? And then uh, the third part uh, is probably why I think a lot of people would like the book, and that's why I included it. Was that I looked at just a handful of approved apparitions of Our Lady, and so uh, looked at kind of the continuity uh, between Our Lady's message and looking for the parallels uh, between these apparitions. Um, you know, so so uh, whenever I speak, I like to say that Our Lady, you know, is a great prophet that that she uh, calls us to renewal, just as the prophets did, and so so she really renews this message of conversion. That uh, she spoke to so many of these visionaries, and so I look at Guadalupe and Lourdes and Fatima and Bereng and Banyo so and Belgium. So, um, so I, I just analyze the apparition in light of those other approved revelations of Mary. Hopefully, there a lot of people asking, well, did you do anything on Cabejo, or did you do anything on this app- this or that apparition? And and I do have an interest, maybe in it, expanding that, but uh, but not right now. So maybe in the future
1: i think I think that's sort of important what you're doing because all these apparitions are singularly important either to uh, the people that the uh in the surrounding areas or to the world at large but one common question that we always have to consider is what is a the theme across the apparitions and what they mean taken as a whole so that's that's wonderful that your your book sort of addresses that issue of continuity and message across apparitions so um, so, thanks. And how can people uh, get a hold of your book? What's the best way for people to to get your book?
2: Sure. Well, uh, I, I have a little book website or uh, a marketplace through uh, an online website. So they can just type in the URL edwardlooneybooks.com and they'd find it. So, uh, Edward Looney is spelled L O O N E Y books.com and, and that would direct them right to the website and they can order uh, through there. I have You know, I wrote a children's book about the story of Sister Adele, and then uh, I have another Christmas children's book I just wrote, too, Breakfast in Bethlehem. And uh, my two other Our Lady Good Help titles include uh, A Self-Guided Tour, which is a Frequently Asked Question book, uh, marketed as a Self-Guided Tour, and then A Praying the Rosary with Sister Adele. So uh, I call it an integrative rosary book. So uh, I try to find a connection to Adele's life or the apparition in the context of each rosary mystery. The vision was anybody going to the shrine could use it to to really pray with what Our Lady said or pray with the history and begin to uh, integrate and incorporate Our Lady's message into their own lives through the context of prayer so so that's what I have available uh, you know I offer an adult combo pack for twenty bucks, which is you know five dollar savings so so excuse me, so that's what I have available, and uh, hopefully uh, I've been working on an Our Lady of Good help Novena, a nine day novena of prayer and so uh, I know it's on the in the bishop's office for the imprimatur, so uh oh, that's you know, wonderful. I don't I don't know the status of it, but uh I have hope that maybe it'll come out sometime next year. So
1: and uh now do you do you live near the shrine? Now you're a seminarian, correct? Is that yeah, correct? So I'm
2: studying to be a priest, uh I'm at Mundelein Seminary in uh, Illinois and so uh Father Barron, of popular acclaim, is our rector, and we're very blessed to have him. Uh, But really, my connection with the Shrine uh, started when I was just a little boy. Uh, I remember having a great love for Our Lady, and I went on a little trip uh, with our parish uh, on some Saturday um, on a bus trip. And I went to the Shrine probably when I was 10 or 11. Never thought about it after that, but I went back at 16 after having traveled to a few other apparition sites uh, in the world, and I uh, just uh, really experienced the confirmation of prayer that I had prayed elsewhere at that little place and uh and felt God calling me a priesthood through the shrine of Our Lady of Good health and through other uh Marian apparitions and so uh so that's what got me in the door in the seminary and uh then uh, my interest and love for Mary continued to grow and then uh, then uh one thing led to another and here I am talking on radio Maria today
1: wonderful no that's that's great. Uh, thank you for sharing your story and for sharing the story of Our Lady of Good Help. Uh, we are here with Edward Looney, and you can get his book, uh, Edward, at edwardlooneybooks.com. Thanks so much for joining us today. This is Michael O'Neill with the show Miracle Hunter, and for more information on this program or my research on miracles, please visit miraclehunter.com. Thanks for joining us today. We, uh, just finished an interview with Edward Looney, uh, author of several books on Our Lady of Good Help, and that is our theme for today's show, Our Lady of Good Help, uh, which is the first approved apparition in the history of the United States. Uh, next up on our show is Father Peter Stryker, who is the rector of the Shrine of Our Lady of Good Help. Welcome to the program, Father Peter.
0: Hello, Michael. Thank you very much for having uh, Edward and myself on your program. We appreciate it. Oh, this is exciting.
1: Uh, Our Lady of Good Health uh, is an important uh, devotion of mine and for many people throughout the United States. And I think, uh, as we talked with Edward, many people don't even know about it. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about uh, the pilgrims that are coming to the Shrine and sort of the reception that people are experiencing at the
0: Shrine and and what they're discovering when they come? um Yeah, I've been here since July of 2011, and that first year we had lots of uh, free publicity about the Shrine. Uh, So we had thousands and thousands of people coming to the Shrine, especially that first summer that I was here. Uh, But eventually some of that free publicity dropped off, and so we wish that many more people would know about the Shrine of Our Lady of Good Help, so we appreciate all of your efforts to promote the Shrine. Uh, we know that all the people who come here find it to be a wonderful, uh, extraordinary place to a real strong presence of the Blessed Virgin Mary, especially in the apparition site here at the Shrine. And uh, it's just a beautiful place in the country to come and pray and to reflect on one's life and to grow closer to uh, Mary and Jesus and to... And, uh, be more in in touch with all that God wants for us. And I was uh, at the Shrine in
1: 2010 on December 8th when Bishop Ricken made his historic pronouncement on the authenticity of the apparitions. That was a real blessing to be there, and I got to see the Shrine for the first time, Yeah, and I recommend uh, people making that, that pilgrimage as well. What are the big events at the Shrine? Do they celebrate that uh, approval on December 8th? Uh, obviously, that's the feast of our Immaculate Conception, but uh, August 15th is another another date that's important to the Shrine,
0: right? Sure. Yeah, uh, we do uh, remember um, Bishop Brickham being here whenever we celebrate the Immaculate Conception. Uh, and this year, of course, the Immaculate Conception will be celebrated on December 9th, right? Uh, because the 8th falls on Sunday, and uh, the next day is um, the 9th, and we'll celebrate it then, It's not a holy day of obligation this year since it falls on the 9th, but we know that many people will be here. And so that's a big day. We also celebrate uh, in a very big way August 15th, the Assumption. So uh, thousands and thousands of people uh, come for the uh, celebration of the Assumption on August 15th, and we always have an outdoor Mass and rosary procession with the Eucharist after Mass, and uh, Bishop Ricken is normally here. We also had Cardinal um, George here. This past August fifteenth, along with Bishop Rickin, and so there's a big day. Also in October eighth and 9th, we celebrate the um, the ending of the Peshtigo fire, and also the appar- uh, also the anniversary of the apparitions, especially the one that did occur on October 9th. And then throughout the year. So that's the celebration of the, the great miracle with the fire, correct? Exactly that's the, the fire. the ending of the Peshtigo fire, right? So that, um, that Peshtigo fire um, um, broke out on October 8th in a huge way, and uh, the, the flames um, threatened to devour everything around here, including this shrine property. But the people came here and prayed, and it was truly a miracle. Uh, that the entire uh, shrine property was spared um, any any touch of harm from the flames, and the 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 fire came to a miraculous ending uh, because of a, a downpour of rain, and uh, the people had prayed for that miraculous ending. So it's a wonderful celebration.
1: Now many shrines, uh, well devotions to Our Lady related to apparitions uh, have a, uh, a special feast day that's assigned uh, to them uh, by the um, Conference of Catholic Bishops or by the Vatican, as, a, as it would be, depending on how, how large the, the feast day becomes. Um, has there any been any talk of assigning any of these days an official uh, feast of Our Lady of Good Help?
0: Um, well, I guess that would be, um, if we ever did that if the bishop ever did that it would probably be uh, October 9th the anniversary of the apparition that would be a logical date to choose right now the the big the huge feast day which everybody thinks of with regard to the shrine of Our Lady of Good Help is August 15th but we also celebrate a special days in May a May crowning uh, this coming year it'll be on May 4th and then May 18th we'll have our annual May celebration with an outdoor mass and rosary procession, and um, then we, throughout the uh, during the summer months we have what are called our Catechism Days, uh, days in which we uh, promote the Catechism in a very special way, and we also have our Fatima Days um, every thirteenth um, of the month, May through October. We have our, our Fatima Days here at the Shrine, and there's many other special events. Coming up in 2014. That's wonderful. It
1: sounds like there's plenty of things to to uh, experience at the shrine. And for those people who have not visited the shrine, what would you say is the center focal point of, of those who come? What do what can they expect to see? What can they expect to experience when they well, come on pilgrimage yeah, to the shrine?
0: We offer mass every day here at the here in the shrine church, and so you know, holy mass is the most important thing that any of us can do. Um, on any given day, and we also hear confessions every day here at the Shrine. But what makes the Shrine truly unique is the apparition site, uh, where Mary appeared to Adele Bryce, and um, that is a wonderful place, strong uh, presence of Mary there in that apparition site. So many people will come here, um, in addition to Mass or confessions, and they'll just come to spend time there, at the apparition site. Many people who live here in the area uh, will come here um, uh, several times a week just to pray, uh, just to be alone with Mary, and to um, uh, to thank her and to thank Jesus for all the many blessings they have received.
1: That's beautiful. And uh, how would you say that... What, what is the best way for someone to find out more information about our Lady of Good Help or about visiting the shrine, what resources are available sure. to say, uh, uh, pilgrims who would like
0: to come. Yeah, first of all they can go to our website and it's www.shrineofourladyofgoodhelp.com. shrine of Shrine of Our Lady of So that's a great website. And it has all of our special events. It has the story, the apparitions of the shrine, all of that. If people want to um, call us, uh, we'll be happy to send them brochures uh, about the shrine. And they can pass those out to their friends, family members. And so we have brochures available, too. And then if people plan to come here on a pilgrimage with a group or with family members, whatever, uh, we do have uh, a cafe here at the shrine and uh, we're able to arrange for uh, lunch for those groups, either through our cafe or through local businesses, which we're happy to cater cater here at the Shrine.
1: That's so wonderful. Sounds like uh, you have plenty to yeah. offer there. So thank you for joining us today, Father Peter. And again, that's Shrine of Our Lady of Good Help um, to, uh, to find out more information on making a pilgrimage to the Shrine. Thank you for your time today. Thank
0: you, Michael. Appreciate it very much.
1: So that was Father Peter Stryker, the rector of the Shrine of Our Lady of Good Help. Uh, We appreciate him joining us today and giving us some background on what can be found at the Shrine there, which is the only apparition site that's been approved in the history of the Catholic Church. So uh, it's a small shrine, but a beautiful one. I recommend, if you're ever in that area, uh, to go pay it a visit and make a pilgrimage. Uh, Earlier in the program, uh, we had a Catholic Pub Trivia question, and I'd like to go over that. Uh, For those who are just joining the program, my name is Michael O'Neill, and you are listening to the Miracle Hunter radio show. For more information on this program or my research on miracles, please visit MiracleHunter.com. Like I said earlier in the show, we asked a trivia question from Catholic Pub Trivia, Each week I'll be asking a trivia question and giving out a prize for a caller that gets the right answer. Uh, This week uh, we're giving away a framed image of a piece of artwork entitled The Faces of Mary. It's a photo mosaic of over 100 images of Our Lady from around the world that together form a large, beautiful picture of the Madonna and Child. Um, Trivia questions are generously provided by Catholic Pub Trivia, an organization that partners with a Catholic parish, school, or religious organization to host Trivia Night fundraisers at local establishments. For more information on Catholic Pub Trivia, or to organize an event of your own in your area, please contact CatholicPubTrivia.com. So our question from earlier today was, what major Chicago event happened the same day as the Miracle at the Shrine of Our Lady of Good Help in Wisconsin on October 8, 1871. And our different guests today uh, sort of alluded to that, uh, the Great Peshtigo Fire happening, that that's the great miracle. Um, the answer to the question is the Great Chicago Fire, which occurred on the same day. Um, they talk about not enough fire trucks or uh, Resources being able to be allocated to, uh, help both fires. So that's why they both raged at the same time. So we had a caller earlier today who gave us the correct answer on that, but they called during the, uh, during one of our interviews. So we've got your name and information and we'll be sending you, uh, that framed image of the faces of Mary. So thank you very much for calling in, um, with your answer. And that's all the time we have for today. Uh, I'd like to thank our guest, Edward Looney, uh, author of several books. You can find edwardlooneybooks.com, more information there. And Father Peter Stryker, the rector of the Shrine of Our Lady of Good Help, uh, the shrine of Our Lady of Good for more information. Thank you both for joining us on this episode. And remember to check out MiracleHunter.com and 365DaysWithMary.com. Uh, for more information on Catholic miracles, apparitions, and much, much more. Thank you for joining me today on Miracle Hunter, where it doesn't matter if you are a skeptic or a believer, but it's always worth the hunt.
0: You're tuned to Radio Maria, a Christian voice in your home. The program you just heard was a rebroadcast of Miracle Hunter with Michael O'Neill.